No part of this lecture may be reproduced in any form, even for personal use. Top line. Near the end of the line. Who Masha Omar, who asked me, what David HaMelech said in his words, Hashem should reward me according to my righteousness. He should recompense me according to the purity of my hands. Now that means that purity is what he's talking about. <coughs> that not only the deeds are correct, but also the intentions and the motivations are pure. <coughs> That's a purity that we spoke about until now. We always call Yama, will you, Hashem, I will run against a brigade and with Hashem I'm going to leap over a wall it means because of the confidence that I call his borrowed on his side that he is pure of heart his motivations are entirely devoted to Hashem therefore he is certain that Hashem is going to help him I shall pursue my enemies and I shall overtake them who asked Mommy, oh, he said more. Who can go up on the mountain of Hashem? And who can remain standing in this holy place? Pure of hands, and pure of heart. Now, they're two different things. means the hands are clean. He didn't do anything wrong. As somebody who has purified his thoughts. This is a difficult attribute, attitude to attain. Man's nature is always weak, and he yields to his instincts and his passions. And his mind is easily persuaded. So although his hands and his feet are not so easily persuaded to do wrong, and even his mouth is more under his control than his thoughts, but his thoughts are the most difficult, his attitudes are the most difficult to control. He permits himself things where he finds a possibility of bringing himself into error. When there are two ways of looking at something, he's going to look at it in a way that's favorable to him. certain. Anyone who arrives at this middle of the Kiyos, already has reached a very high degree. Because he stood against a difficult war, difficult battle, and he conquered. <coughs> Now, before we finish that, it means as follows. That the battle of the mind is more difficult than the battle of the deeds. All the deeds also be achievement when a person behaves properly. It certainly is 
a commendation of him. You can praise people who behave properly. When people can control their words, their mouths, even better. Because that's not so easy. The tongue is more quick to act than the body. And when people learn to control their words, also, it deserves credit even more. But when people learn to control their thoughts, their attitudes, that's the most important. Let's say he has reasons to have resentment against someone and is able to overcome it. And maybe he finds that the other person is not so wrong as he thought at first. And his malam is close on somebody. And finally he comes up with the thought, maybe I'm wrong. That could be. Usually it's so. And therefore, when a person is able to control his thoughts, that's the bigger giver than the one that controls his body or controls his tongue. Say that inside. I hate the king, I like and with the I'll eat Now, in the following paragraph, it's a very big one, is going to bring us practical examples. And therefore, it's worth learning them just for themselves, even if somebody never acquires, even comes close to this meter. So, all these examples are valuable to learn, just for themselves. The details of this quality of Nikias are very numerous. They are found in all the details of the Talyag Mitzvahs. Every Mitzvah has a number of degrees of perfection according to what we said above, Zeres, Rizes, and the Kis. And also the Asay and Losas. What is the subject above? To be pure of all the subdivisions of the Averas. Although in all sins, the Yeshallah exerts himself to cause people to do sins. There are certain sins that a person's nature desires more. And in those matters, the Yeshallah shows him more hetem, more reasons why he should be able to do what he wants to do. Asher al-Kain, Yistoro ben Therefore, he needs more effort than to overcome his inclination and to purify himself from the head. Yezel, Yezel means it matters of money between people, money matters, Varayas, as matters of immorality, Nav shel shalodim echamdos, a person's character desires them, or misavalim. So there are certain things that people are more vulnerable than other things. Now it pays in everything to have these good qualities that he's talking about here, like Zahiras and Zahiras and Akiyas. But in these matters that are more 
person is more vulnerable to them, in these matters especially, he has to exert an effort to practice these good policies. Now let's start giving examples. We see. Most people are not openly stealing money from other people. That they should actually stretch out their hands to take somebody's money, and take it and put it in their pockets. The great majority of people, at least of the civilized people, don't do that. Most people, however, taste a taste of thievery in their business. By means of allowing themselves to gain profit at the expense of somebody else. And they say, to do business is different. That's already a very delicate subject, and where to draw the line is not easy. And therefore, the Yesa is busy, in such cases, always pushing a person to go over the line. First say that. A number of admonitions were said about the matter of Gezel. Lo signet, you shouldn't steal. Lo sigil, you shouldn't rob. Lo sashek, you shouldn't deceive. Lo sechachashu, you shouldn't deny. Lo sechachru ish bamish, you shouldn't be false to each other. Lo sonu ish es ochiv, you shall not cause a vexation to each other in money matters. You shouldn't overstep the boundary that belongs to your fellow man. Now, these things have separate dinim, but in more or less, they all speak about the subject of invading another person's money rights. All these different dinim about money matters, they include many things that are done in the regular daily business life. In business life, you should know there's always a question of halacha, and it's never a simple matter. Once, there was a shoychetz, who told the Visosalanta that he wants to give up the shkita, too much responsibility. And he would prefer to go into a business. So Yisrael said to him, you should know that business is much more responsibility. In shkita, there are certain halachas that you have to observe. But once you start with money matters, that's a very big choshen mishpat, and it's complicated. And you have to be a very big scholar in order to be perfectly at home. Whereas in Yerodea, it's much more easy for a person to know what to do. That's a usual give and take in business that requires a great deal of carefulness 
In all of them, there are many Yisurim. I'll give you an example, Lo Sashet. You shouldn't wrong your fellow man means you shouldn't be unjust in paying his wage. I'll give a muscle. That's one muscle. The Torah says, if you pay somebody to do work for you, and the day passes by, then you have to pay him before the sun goes down. You see, he finished before sunset. That's a pay him before the sun goes down. So you pay somebody to take you someplace in this car. But you didn't pay him yet. You know, if you don't pay him before the sun sets, you're even alive. Once upon a time, they saw the Chavis Chaim walking in the streets late at night. And we're looking at homes, a certain address. They discovered that he had neglected to pay somebody. And wanted to make sure he paid him before the morning. Because when the morning rises and the dawn, he's even another laugh. Now that's a serious matter that people don't know about. It's just one example. Even though he wanted to pay the wages, but he postpones paying in time, then he's even another laugh. And he said, The sun shouldn't set on the worker who finished in the daytime. And there's another laugh for those who work at night. That you have to pay him before the sun rises in the morning. And most people are not even aware of that, although they're serious in the Gemara at length on these subjects. And not only the things that are publicly known to everyone, not only those are called Gezel, and that's also, if it'll finally come to Gezel, even though it's not Gezel right now. The Yigre and cause Gezel, for who bechlal Isa, is already included in Isa. Now, included in this are dinim of harm to your fellow man's property. For instance, if you borrow from a person a pencil, you cannot use the pencil to open an envelope. I gave you a pencil to write. You can't use it for any other purpose. Open an envelope, you can't do that. If I gave you a screwdriver, you can't use it to open up uh, a crate. It's a different kind of a tool. And if you use it for a different purpose, you're already Isaac and Gezel. Shoyal shaloi shoes. if you borrow a safer without permission, it's also called a Gezel. I always tell the same story. I was sitting in the yeshiva, and they were learning Merube. Merube is a parag that talks about stealing, paying careful. And so one of the Yeshiva boys was holding a Gemara that came from my shul. They said he learned Gishmak, but he was Isaac and Gezel. How do you come to take a Gemara from my shul? We don't give permission anybody takes for him out in the Yeshiva. And the Yeshiva, yeah, we'll tear them up in the course of the time. If you tell it to him, it doesn't even answer. It doesn't register. Stealing is stealing. But taking Gemara is not stealing. And when you take a safer from the base of without permission, it's a plain stealing as if you broke into a home and you stole objects at night. I'll say that inside by stopping right here.
Eleven lines up from the bottom, in the middle. Eleven lines up from the bottom, in the middle of the line. The al Indian Omru, about this subject, the Now the subject called Nikius, which means purity of motives. That's what he has been talking about. Not only the act should be externally, apparently kosher, but even the intentions also has to be proper. Now, Yecheskel enumerates certain things that the righteous man didn't do. He did not defile the wife of his fellow man. Now, that's a very simple thing. It seems it's superfluous to say that when you describe a righteous man. So the Gemara says it means something else. He didn't go into his fellow man's profession. If someone has a shoe repair store, he didn't open another place of the similar nature right near him. Because it's not fair, in a certain sense, it's considered as if you took away his wife from him. You're taking away his palnosa from him. And whenever somebody encroaches on another man's livelihood, it's considered a form of adultery. That's already a different kind of attitude. So even though you cannot consider him a robber, if he opens up the same business near the previous one, nevertheless, the motivation, the thought behind it, is something that's considered reprehensible. And that's what Yechesko calls Eishes Reyehu, Lotime. Man like that, who doesn't do such things, has not profaned, defiled the wife of his fellow man. Intended to say it's forbidden to give for a storekeeper to distribute popcorn and nuts to children who come to buy things from him in order to accustom them to come to him. Abihuda at first considered that unfair competition to bribe his children who are sent by their parents on errands to shop for their parents, to bribe his children by giving him candies and popcorn. It's considered a form of unfair competition to take away customers from other people. Although he but the Chachamim permitted it only because of the following reason. Only because others can do the same. They can also give their children inducements to come to shop there. Otherwise, it will be considered a form of taking away his fellow man's panas. 
So we see how careful one wants to be in encroaching on somebody else's livelihood. Worse, if you rob a private person than if you rob Hegdish. In the case of a private person, if you rob him, the word chet comes before the word me'il, and amila means disloyalty, dishonesty. But the word chet is a more severe word. That is the first word that's mentioned in the connection with taking away from a private person. In the case of hegdish, mila is used first, then chet afterwards. And therefore we learn from that, as bad as it is to rob Hegdish, it's even worse if you do a harm to your fellow man's property or his livelihood. Say up to here. Right up. Ukvor kotru es hapayalin o esim es obalabayas mi birges hamesi o mi poches achens birges hamesi. According to the din of the Gemara, an employee, although he's entitled to eat while he's on the job, but you were not permitted to make hamesi, because the time it takes to make hamesi is stealing from his employer's time. So it was permissible, it was required of a worker when he ate bread not to make hamesi. Also, in Birkas HaMosin, only the minimum he was permitted to say. He wasn't allowed to say the last part of Birgit Muslim because it's taking away time from his employer. Now the postgames say that nowadays people understand that you have to say the whole thing so they permit you. But in the times of the Gemara it was considered dishonesty to take more time than the very least minimum. And you couldn't make a bracha on what you ate. Because our Muslim afterwards was derisive, but even that, only the shortened form, not the complete because our Muslim that we have. And even a time came in the morning to say Kirishma, they were potter from saying more than one parsha, but the Hoyim Shemaya. And the third parasha of Sitsis, workers were put up from saying in the times of the Yemen, because it's taking away time from their employer. If that's the case, then So certainly, and certainly, to take off time for somebody that's not a mitzvah, she calls here anybody who's paid by the day or paid for his time to work, is forbidden to do these things, not to waste time from his employer. Now we begin to see how severe is the din if an employee spends time making telephone calls, or he spends time in the bathroom more than is necessary, or engages in conversation. All these things don't even enter our mind today. But according to the strict line of the halacha, stealing time from his employer is no less than stealing money. Vim over, a If he transgressed, he's considered like a robber. Say that.
הנה אבו חילקיון, אפילו שלום לא השיב לתלמידי חכמים שנוסנו לשלום. When Abba Hilti was working for his employer and the Talmud Chochm greeted him, he did not answer him. After he was finished with his work, he explained to the visitor that he couldn't answer on the time of his employer. Not to waste time from his fellow man's work that he has to do. And Yaakov Avinu Olavashalom explained openly with his mouth and he said by day the heat of the sun consumed me but he didn't forsake the flock that he was supposed to attend and the frost at night because he didn't forsake the flock of Eleven and my sleep wandered away from him he didn't sleep because he didn't want to neglect his work. So we see how much Yankarabinu is portrayed in the Torah as the most loyal of employees. And that we have to know is a reason why he became so great in the house of Lavan. Because when Yankar was on his way to Lavan's house, he saw Malochim in a dream. Now he came out of his father's house, which was a holy house. And he learned great things there. He became elevated enough to be worthy to see Malachim in a dream. Now Loban's house was far beneath the standards of Yankov's house. And so when he came out of Loban's house, he was so much greater that he saw Malachim not in a dream, actually saw them with his eyes while he was awake. What happened in Loban's house that Yankov became elevated so much that became even greater than he was when he left his father's house. Answer is, the many years that Jankiv worked for Lovan with the utmost loyalty. That was the reason Jankiv was elevated and became so great. He refused to remove his mind from the task of tending the sheep with the most extreme devotion. And that made him so great. Say that aside. Right on. What will answer those people who engage in their own pleasures in a time where they're supposed to be doing work and they lose time from work because they want to do things just for their enjoyment or they engage in their own profitable things for their own benefit on the time of their employers. Now, the story of Yankiv is told in the Torah for a purpose, to show how greatly HaKadosh Boru appreciates people like that. And if we want to become elevated in the eyes of Hashem, this is one of the ways of seeking favor in Hashem's eyes by being loyal to our employers and not wasting even a minute of their time. Say that. The rule that includes the whole general idea, if you're hired out to someone for any kind of work, all your time is sold to him during that day. 
you sold your time. Hired means sold for the day. Whatever he takes for himself, for his own benefit, from that time, whatever purpose it is, it's true robbery. It's no less as if he had picked the pocket of his master. If the master didn't forgive him, it's never forgiven. It's held against him forever. If you wasted time from your employer's time, even a minute, it's never forgiven to you. They made a statement. Sins between one man and another man, your keeper will not help to atone. Unless you come and you ask forgiveness of him, and he has to be mortal you. Just like if you're robbed from him. And therefore, how important it is to learn this lesson that Mishra Hashem is teaching us. Actually, it doesn't belong here. It should have been said earlier. He calls it the kiyas, which seems a higher madrega. But the truth is, it's only the kiyas if a person will exert himself. But even without exerting himself, it's still the obligation on him not to waste any time. And it's included in the simple din of low seeks. Well, you shouldn't rob your fellow. I say that. Well, oh, not only that, Elisha did a mitzvah at the time when he was supposed to work. It's not considered an act of righteousness for him. It's considered a sin in his hand. So the mitzvah that he did is not considered a mitzvah. It's considered an Avera. Or Koksi brings a Pasuk. Sonei Gozer Hashem hates robbery when it's brought in the form of a burnt offering. Now, a burnt offering is a very big form of service to Hashem. It's a very important covenant. But if somebody stole money to buy a covenant oil, then Hashem hates that offering. The man stole a bushel of wheat and he ground it up and he kneaded it into dough and he baked it and he separated challah now to separate challah you have to make a bloche and he wants to make a bloche and he wants to make a bloche it's not blessing Hashem, but it's making Hashem angry. This man is making a broche on a thing that's not a mitzvah, making a broche on a robbery. You see, if a man is a robber, if he makes a broche, he makes Hashem angry. Say that. On something similar to this, it is said, Woe to this man that his defender became his accuser. That means, if a person does a mitzvah, they want to say, that mitzvah is a prakli, is a defender for you, is an advocate for you. All your mitzvahs speak up to defend you. 
in the time of need, Hashem will answer you in the day of distress. You'll remember all the things that you did, all the good deeds. But the mitzvah that's supposed to defend you now come will speak up as your accuser because it's not a mitzvah at all. It's a sin of robbery. Like a person who stole a lulav to do the mitzvah of lulav. Now the lulav is a mitzvah which could defend him and speak up for him. But now that it's a stolen lulav, that lulav is going to accuse him and become his prosecutor. And he explains it's right. By logic itself, stealing an object is called stealing, and stealing time is also called stealing. The man steals an object like a lulav, and he doesn't mess with it. So his defender becomes his accuser. So he steals time to do a mitzvah. So the defender, that's the mitzvah that he did in the forbidden time, that mitzvah will be his prosecutor. Say that. The only thing Hashem desires of a man is loyalty. Like loyalty to his employer. Loyalty. Hashem guards the loyal ones. Open up the gates and let come the righteous nation that keeps their loyalty. That means the time will come when they open up the gates of the final Geula. What will be the mid for which they're being redeemed? The fact that they were loyal. So being loyal and not this time. Say that inside. Right up. testified about himself and he said, he swore that his footsteps never wandered away from the right path. My heart never followed my eyes. Or anything ever stuck to my palms. Now that last part is talking about somebody else's money. Gives a muscle as if the money sticks to the palms. It's easy for money to get stuck on your hand. And you have a temptation not to remove it. Look at the beauty of this muscle. He compared the robbery that's not obvious to something which sticks to a man's hand. A man doesn't go to take the object. It just happens he touched it and the thing sticks to his hand unintentionally. And so it's easy to walk away with it. So he said, no. Nisha dog mela, it remained stuck of itself. He didn't do anything. So but still it's in his hand. If he walks off with it, he's walking over somebody else's money. So the same as with this to Shafal P. Even though it's not actually going and robbing anything of his master. It's difficult 
that his hands should be entirely empty of gazel. Because it sticks to his hands sometimes by carelessness. And therefore, it requires circumspection, carefulness to make sure that he won't rob anything, even unintentionally. Suppose somebody unintentionally took his employer's money. There's no excuse. He has to find some way of making restitution. The same result, if unintentionally wasted time from his employer's time, it's the same thing as this gazel that clings to his hands. Yep, we're stopping here. Paragraph, we are on Samach Zion. The paragraph here begins with Af Eev. Six lines down in that paragraph. The page of Samach Zion. And the paragraph with Af Eev, six lines down. Af al even though the person doesn't actually go and rob somebody, but it's difficult that the hands should be entirely clean of gazel. Now that's an important statement. It's difficult that one's hands should be entirely clean of gazel. Which means it requires a certain effort to keep your hands clean of gasp. Omnom the MS calls a nimshah mimashe tachas hayeshalev moshe beinayim. All this is a result because instead of having the mind control the eyes, shaloyaniach liyos noim lohem. It shouldn't allow him to have any interest in things that belong to somebody else. Their eyes draw their heart, draw their mind to seek ways and means of finding a hetter on those things that they consider desirable. Which means the things that we want Things that we like, we look for hetayim, for permission to take them, and teach ourselves that there's nothing wrong. Al-Kain, Omar Eve says, he didn't do that. Eve didn't do that. His heart, means his mind, did not follow his eyes. Al-Kain, therefore nothing was clinging to his palms of somebody else's property. But otherwise, when people don't labor on this idea to have control over their eyes, what they see persuades them to take, and then they give themselves excuses that they have the right to take it. Now, you may not think that this applies to ordinary people. Maybe it applies to wicked people. He's telling us it applies to good people, too. Only they'll be surprised to discover in how many ways that they have clinging to their hands money that doesn't belong to them. He said, look at the subject of deception in business matters. How easy it is for a man to persuade himself and to stumble in a matter of deception in business. Kasher lecha oiro, yeroe lo, 
seems to him that it's proper to exert himself to make his merchandise appear in the eyes of people as excellent merchandise. Sometimes it's not top quality. But a person thinks that's his business to make it appear to the customers better than it is. In order to earn money by the labor of his hands, he thinks it's an honest thing. I'm laboring to make a living, and therefore I must praise my merchandise. So therefore here a person has a way to deceive himself and making the people feel that they're getting more than it really is. To speak to the heart of the buyer in order that the buyer should be persuaded to consent to buy this object. And they'll say, people will say about such a thing when they have to do such a deception in order to get a customer to buy. Yes, it's always with this car. When somebody is a capable person, he's going to make profit. You have to be a capable person and not be a sleepy businessman. And they think that's the right way to be. Another passage. The hand of the diligent people, they become wealthy. So therefore, Shleimah Malach is praising the diligent people and they say they deserve to be wealthy. So the businessman thinks I have to be diligent and I have to make people want to buy my merchandise. But if a person won't be careful and he won't weigh his ways very much, instead of wheat, he will bring forth thorns. I mean, instead of deserving rewards, what he thinks is a good deed, he will do a wrong deeds of robbing people of money. Kiyavar, he will transgress, and he'll stumble in the sin of deception. Asher, he's harnu, all the help. We're warning against it by the Torah. You should not wrong your fellow man in money matters. I say that inside. Even to cheat a Gentile is also also. The remnant of Yisrael, those that survived the Chorban, the first base Amigdish, should be better because of that. Lo Yasu Avla, they should not do any injustice. Lo Yedavu Chozov, they should not speak any falsehood. Lo Yemasi Befihem Lashain Thomas. And in their mouth, they should not be found any language of deceit. Bechain Omru, Ein Mefalkishin Akelimayeshonim. You cannot paint old things. Sheyero kechadoshin. It should look like new. Let's say buy second-hand furniture, and now he's going to refinish them. They should look like new, but he has to tell people that they're not new. Ein mi'olvin peres peres. 
you cannot mix one kind of produce in another kind of produce because people look at one of them and they think that the whole thing is from the same high quality they don't know that's mixed together with low quality fruits too even one small amount no matter how cheap it is but you shouldn't mix in two different kind of qualities because people will be deceived when they see one the thing that the others are also the same quality even the smallest amount he shouldn't mix in anybody who does any of these things is considered as if he's doing injustice and he's called with five names Avol, Avol means a man of injustice Sonui he's hated by Hashem Mishukes is abominated Cherem Cherem means he is condemned and to Eva and he is disgusted in the eyes of Hashem so all these things are said about a person who cheats somebody else by his words uh, you have to know that this applies also to many other areas of life. In Shadchanim, also, makes you do him. We deceive people in order to carry out, and they don't tell them the truth, they cover up certain facts, they exaggerate. Real estate agents who sell a house, and they praise the house without telling of its faults. And so, in every field of making a living, even a plumber. Sometimes he can give second grade materials instead of the best materials that he's supposed to give. Tailors, everybody who makes a living by services has to know that is a question. Is he giving his services honestly? And that's a very big problem, he tells us. And people have to think about that else without thinking they're sure to be nichshul in Gessel. Say that aside. Oid Omru's rain is withheld because of the sin of Gessel. So Hashem punishes and doesn't bring down rain when there's Gessel. Oid Omru Kupo Melea Venus if there's a box full of sins or a basket full of sins that a person has which of the sins speaks up most loudly against him? Which of the sins speaks up to accuse him more loudly than any other sin? Gezel. So all that person may have a number of sins, but the sin of Gezel will speak up against him most loudly. But there are Mabu, when the flood came in the times of Noyach, Lo Elo the decree was finally sealed that it has to come because of Gessel. Now they did many sins. But I called the verse that case called Bosa Bolafanai, the end of all flesh came before me, Kimolas Homos, but the land is full of robbery. So we see even though they did many things, and they were sometimes serious sins too. And nevertheless, when did Hashem finally seal the decree that it has to come? because of the sin of Gessel, say that. Now the next part, which we'll learn next time,
he asked, and how is it possible to do business? After all, you try to sell your merchandise, so you must make it appear attractive to people. So he gives an answer in the next piece. If you will ask in your mind, after hearing all the admonitions above about deceiving your customers, how is it possible we shouldn't exert ourselves in our doing business? To make the, our fellow men satisfied, consent to making this purchase and to be satisfied with the price. There's a big difference between deception and honest business. Whatever you're going to say to show the customers the truth of the value of the object and how beautiful it is, if you can describe the value of the object and describe its beauty, that effort is good and it's righteous. But whatever he has to do to conceal the faults of the object that he wants to sell, it's called deception and it's awesome. That's a great rule in honesty of business. So let's say you're selling a house and you show him what a beautiful view you have from the house. And you tell him this house as a beautiful plan that you see outside, you show them, isn't that a beautiful house? Now they're looking at it, you're not covering up anything. If you were telling the house is built with a special uh, steel beams, when there's no steel at all, it's a different story. But you're telling them that the house, the way they see it, is a beautiful house, it's a spacious house, it has, let's say, three rooms, a spacious house, you're telling them, three rooms. So you can see that, only three rooms. So therefore, it's not called deception. But suppose you cover up the facts, then that's already also say that. No. I shall not speak about the subject of weights and measures. It says openly, Hashem abominates anyone that does that. It means who has wrong weights and measures. The punishment for false weights and measures is worse than the punishment of immoral acts. Because immoral acts, you can have a certain kapora, but when it comes to the measures of deceiving people, you can never make up unless you return to each person the amount that you cheated him, and that you don't know if you're in business. Omu has that's a big businessman who sells a great deal of merchandise with his measures and weights. He has to wipe off all his weights every 30 days because in the course of time the weight becomes encrusted with things and becomes heavier than it's supposed to be. 
כדי שלא יחסו ולא דס, he shouldn't be lacking in a weight without his knowledge. I mean, he might give less than the customer deserves to get because the weight is encrusted with things that make them heavier. But low yonish, he shouldn't be punished. So every 30 days he has to wipe clear, clean all of his weights. Kol shekein, surely, avayin haribis. Taking interest, shegodl hu, it's considered as big as denying Hashem. Chas v'shom. Omer v'hemel rocha, Ba'aneshech nosa v'sal v'shlo kach v'choy. If he gave money at interest, and he took interest, v'choy, will he live? Lo yich, this man won't live. What does it mean he won't live? She'en v'chay at chiyas ha'meis. He won't be able to be revived at chiyas ha'meis. Ki hu, because this man and ribis, because ribis and even over ribis, as ribis the rabbon and the dust of ribis is abominated and hated in the eyes of Hashem. I don't see it necessary to speak at length about that. The fear of ribis already is put upon every Jewish person. Say that. But the general rule of this matter, just in proportion that the desire for money is very strong, also the stumbling blocks in the matter of money are therefore very many. In order for a person to be truly clean from any kind of gazel, he needs a great introspection, examination, and great carefulness. And if he is clear of the issue of gazel, then he should know that he already has arrived at a high degree of perfection. The many people who make themselves pious in many branches of piety, but in a matter of hating dishonest money, they're not able to reach the destination of perfection. It means easier in other things to be good than in the matter of money. One of the friends of Eve said to him, If there is any injustice in your hand, get rid of it. And don't let any wrong remain in your tent. I mean, any money that you gain by wrong methods should not remain in your house. Chaos, then, when you'll be able to get rid of that, your face will be honored from any blemish. You'll be solid, don't have to be afraid. I mean, once a person is perfectly clear of Gezel, then he knows he has arrived at a high madrega of perfection, and doesn't have to be afraid. Say that. Up to now, 
we spoke about details of just one of the commandments the commandment of below signal and just like we find details like these they certainly found details in every mitzvah and it would be worthwhile speaking about all the commandments all the obligations and all the details but I don't want to mention only those things that most people slip up on them but there are many things to speak about in all the mitzvahs I'll speak about Erve Erve is all crimes of immorality which are also among the very severe affairs and they are secondary in the degree of severity to gazel of money. Kimamora, a course. Most people are nichshal in money matters. Most people. I'm not talking about people of the day. People of their times were all from, and so most of them are nichshal when it comes in money matters. Minority always is around, it's always a stumbling block in every generation, even the best generations, things like that happen. Tragedies happen where people are nichshal and erve. However, among the firm Jews, it's much less than the averes of Jezel, say that. If someone wants to be entirely pure of this chet, of Elve, even he needs work, which is not a little. You shouldn't think that that's something that's so easy to avoid. You need considerable work. Including in the Avera, it's not the act itself, any as close to the at act is also included in erve. Also, you shouldn't even come close to gilu erve. Now that means many things. However, time is up. The word sikrevo means you shouldn't come near to Gilu Elva. Omru Zachen Lavrocha, Omar Akodish Borahu. I'll tell you, you should not say, Hoyoldi Osoli Lishamish Bisho, since I cannot make use of the woman in the way he wanted, Harene Toivso, I'll take hold of her. The only of it, there's no sin. Areni megapa, I might embrace her, only of it, have no sin. O shanirnosh, I might kiss her, only of it, have no sin. O malakodish borahu, kishem shiim no dal nozer, shalodish the shine. Just like a nozer, who made a vow not to drink wine. Also lechol anovim lachmevashim, is also to eat even fresh grapes or dry grapes. Mishra Sanovim, or anything in which grapes were soaked. Even though it's not wine. 
Chol Kalyesi, anything similar, Migefen Alyayan. Afshe, so it means, even though it's not actually wine, and he's near there with wine, but the Torah adds a special fences and walls to keep him away from wine, but saying not even the grapes. So you see, that's an example for other things. Af Isha Shane also a woman, that's not your wife, also legal alcoholic, you shouldn't touch her at all. If a person touches a woman that's not his, maybe Mishalas, he brings death upon himself. Say that. Right, so he learns from this Medrash that the case of the Nazir is actually a model a model for Kolaterikula. And just as we see here, that the Torah itself imposes additional Yisurim, additional barriers, in order he shouldn't come to drink wine. So also in every other thing, the Torah expects us to add of our own accord additional barriers in order not to come to do the Isra itself. Look how wonderful are the words of this statement. He compared this Isra to Nazareth. Although the original Isra was only not to drink wine. He nay also The terror made also to him anything that had any connection with wine. <coughs> even grapes or even dried grapes. <coughs> This is a lesson that the Torah gave to Chachamim, how they themselves should also make a fence around the Torah, in the guard that was put in their power to make around their guarding the Torah, a guard around the guard. So the Chachamim are empowered by the Torah to add these fences around their Taconis. I mean, not only could you make a fence around the Torah by adding a takona, you could even make a fence around your takona, a fence around the fence. They should learn from Nozer to make forbidden because of their main purpose anything that looks like their main purpose. It comes out that the Torah did in this mitzvah of Nazir something that can be done by the Chachamim in all mitzvahs. The man does, why did the Torah do it here? In order to know that's the will of Hashem that we should add fences around the Torah. We shouldn't be satisfied merely by abstaining from doing the sins itself, but we have to build barriers. We shouldn't even come close to do those things. But the Torah makes one of the things forbidden to us. We shall learn what's not said from what it is said. What's not said by all these surim, we shall learn from what is said in the case of the Nosa. Lesser call to make us anything that's close to the Isa. Also therefore, in this, this manner, if you're bad in the matter of immorality, call anything that belongs to the subject of immorality. Or even close to it. 
with any faculty at any sense what should be whether a diner whether it's an act whether looking or speaking speaking about such things hearing such things like hearing on the TV hearing immoral things and even thinking about them is also forbidden because it's all included in the plan of the Torah to make fences say up here right up now I'm going to bring proofs about all these matters from their own words. First, the act, the hainu hanegir, touching, or chibik, or embracing, as explained above, we mentioned previously, and not necessary to speak anymore about that subject, but he mentioned it above. Looking. A hand to a hand will not be cleansed of his wickedness. And he one explains, called he puts money, like change, or puts money from his hand to her hand, or the other way around, in order to get a chance to look at her, he will not be cleansed from the judgment of Gehenna. Why did the Israel and that generation in Midian, when they came to make war against Midian, they needed a kapore? Because they feasted their eyes on Elve. Why, when the Torah nominated the ornaments that they took as spoils, as booty, in the war, the Torah enumerates various ornaments, ornaments that are in the open, the people can see, and the ornaments that are kept covered up by clothing. Why did the Torah go to the trouble of enumerating all the ornaments? If he would look at the little finger of a woman with the intention of looking at it and getting a certain pleasure from seeing it, as a ring on the finger, for instance, as if he looked into the elevator itself. You should guard yourself against any wicked thing. A man should not look at a handsome woman, even if she's unmarried. And a married woman, he shouldn't look. I feel him even if he is not handsome. Say that aside. Right on. Being a dibor imoisha about speaking with women, behead yeshani will learn openly a mission in others called amal besicha imoisha gerem rolasma. Anyone who speaks much with a woman causes harm to himself, and it says we're so for yerish gehina. Now, this, we have to know, is the plain statement. But sometimes it becomes permissible and even a mitzvah. However, people have to be aware that the mitzvah can be just an opening, an excuse to do the avail. I tell the story of Israel Salanta was once seen standing talking to a young married woman at length. 
and the Talmudim were amazed at him. And later, he told them that this married woman had lost a child just now. And she was going toward the river. And he suspected she was going to commit suicide. So he stopped to talk to her in order to persuade her that she's going to have other children and she shouldn't be desperate. And therefore, it was a mitzvah. Now, this is something we have to know. could happen. Sometimes it's necessary. But when people sit down, let's say, to learn together with the women, you should know a man sits down and learns with a woman. That's only excuse to start uh, thinking in the way that the Torah doesn't want him to think. And that's included, Al Talbot. Don't talk much to women. And when one speaks to a whole group, it's a different story. The six to one woman, that's included in this Isa. Let's say a little piece. And in the matter of hearing, they said, A voice of a woman is called Elva. Now, when a woman is singing, most from Jews know already that they shouldn't be present to hear. But even when not singing, if a man is listening to a woman's voice, it's a different kind of a voice. And he's aware that it's a woman that's speaking. And therefore, it's not advisable to listen a long time even to somebody who is not singing. And even you're not saying anything. The sound of the voice for a prolonged time has an effect on the person. It's made by a Kodesh Baruch so. He made nature in such a way that the woman's voice arouses certain attitudes in a man. It's for the purpose of procreation, but otherwise it's forbidden. And therefore, Kolbi Isha, we should know, is also considered an elder. One more line. Obedience news appear by reason. Immorality over the mouth of the ear. The Hainu Adibor Bedivri Asnus talking about such subjects, O Shmio, the Zomir, or listening to these things. They already cried out, like a shrieking bird. There's a hurting bird that shrieks, a kuchia. And they cried out and they said, Lo Yire Becho Elvis Dov, Hashem shouldn't see in you, and the Elve of Dover was Dover, Elvas Dibor, Elve of speech. That's immoral words. The Omru, because of the sin of talking immoral words, Soles Rabbis, Ugzeres Koshes, Mishashes. Many troubles and evil decrees are invented against the Jewish people. And Jewish young men die because of that. Only didn't want to say that. He says, Sonia Yisrael. But it means Jewish young men, even though they never did anything wrong, but by speaking words that are wrong, they're punished with death. If anybody will make his mouth speak unseemly words, They'll make the Gehenna even deeper for me. When he goes to Gehenna, he's going to be especially punished for his wrong words. Everybody knows why a bride enters the chuppah. And still, everybody makes his mouth unclean. And he says something about that. 
אפילו גזר דין של שבעים שנה לצבע, אם לא, אם זה קריט, היא שלב סבנטי גוד יירס, אופכים לא לרוע, it's overturned and it's changed that he's going to be punished. So people have to be very careful not to make any remarks about a kala and a chasm in the sense that could be taken as immoral. Even a man talks to his wife. It depends what he's saying. It's related, it's played back to a man in the time of judgment. So when a person speaks to his wife, also he has to be careful that the words should be proper language. Sometimes they might think, since it's his wife, no matter what he says, no. These is played back to him in the time of judgment. He has to hear that he's being accused of saying words that he shouldn't have said. Say that. That's where we're stopping. <laughs> Concerning hearing these wrong things, Gam Kane only quotes, Afshomei Avishoseik, even if he listens and he is silent, he also will fall into Gehenim. Shinema Zeum Hashem Yipol Shom. The one who is the curse of Hashem will fall there. Now Yipol Shom also means he encamps there. So the person just is nearby and he doesn't say anything, but he listens is also included in those who are participating in wrong things. Just a listening. So you see that all our faculties, our senses, must be pure of immorality and things connected with it. Whether it's hearing or seeing or other senses. If a person will whisper to you, Somebody might say, What did they say that Nibel Peh is so wrong? It's only in order to frighten people away from sins. But not because it actually is a big sin. The Chachamim spoke in exaggerated words and know to frighten people away from doing the thing, but it's not as bad as they make it. And these words are only said about somebody who has a hot nature, and therefore he's easily tempted to do wrong things. So he shouldn't listen or speak about these things. But people who are more temperate and self-controlled, what harm could there be if they spoke about these things? A person like that with a hot temper, hot nature, when he speaks about things, he might come to lust. Whether somebody would say it only as a form of a joke. It's nothing. And you don't have to worry about it. So he replies, You say to him, Up to now, these are the words of the Yesuhara that want to persuade that it's not really such a big sin. There's an open passage that they quoted as a proof. 
Therefore, Hashem will not rejoice anymore on this young man. And have no pity on his orphans and on the widows. Why? Because the mouth speaks undecent words. They say undecent things. So HaKadosh Baruch Hu is going to bring upon them that they'll die young and their wives will be widows and the children will be orphans. So you see that the Pasek actually is telling us how serious it is. The Pasek didn't mention idol worship. Didn't mention actually doing sins of immorality. I didn't speak about bloodshed. Speaks only about Hanufa and Lashon Hoda and unseemly words. All of them are only sins made by the mouth when he speaks. And that's all. And still, and upon them went forth the decree just because of what they spoke. Therefore, Hashem won't rejoice anymore on this young man. Say up to you. The truth is, like Achachamim said, Unseemly words, speaking about that subject, is erve of words. Just like there's erve in Acts, there's erve of words. Umishem Znusu is considered part of the subject of Znus. If he speaks words of a deeper and evil person. It's forbidden like any other forms of Znus. Chutz Miguvashemaisa, in addition to the act itself. Now he's impressing upon us that there's noose in words, there's noose in looking, and there's noose in hearing. And it's all considered noose. Although when no act is involved, there's no chorus or the death penalty, they themselves are also not merely that they are forbidden because they could lead to something worse. But in itself, he wants to tell us, in itself they are considered a crime. In addition to the fact that they cause and bring about that it should come to the main issue itself. Like the nausea mentioned above. The nausea, if he eats the grapes, or the grapes are not wine, he is over on the love of Nazareth. Anything, even Mishra Sanovim, anything is considered part of the Aver of Nazareth. So the Torah says openly that eating grapes is a love, even though it's not the grapes that the Nazareth has to be aware of, it's the wine. No, even the grapes has to be aware of. And the grapes are not merely a harachoka to keep them away from the wine. So we see that when it comes to the additional things that the Torah adds, they're also in themselves too. No part of this lecture may be reproduced in any form, even for personal use.